This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I am Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash districtsentinel. Some news for Patreon subscribers. Uh, This week, I should be receiving a, a first batch of new District Sentinel Radio shirts. Uh, I got a redesign on our logo that's on them. So I'm waiting for these shirts to come to see what they look like and the color schemes. And assuming they look good, I'm going to order a bunch more and start sending them out to our Patreon subscribers who uh, are at the $15 tier and including those who were at the $15 tier uh, and didn't get a shirt and then went to the $5 tier. Uh, If that's you, uh, let me know. And you'll get a shirt too, because we were kind of slacking for a while on these new shirts. But uh, I'm hoping to be uh, sending out all these new shirts to the uh, the right subscribers uh, in the next couple weeks. So uh, there will be new shirts soon, new District Sentinel Radio shirts. So uh, big news on the Patreon subscriber front there. And I'll send uh, I'll send you a shirt, Sam, too, when I get this first batch in. Uh, see what you like. Sweet. Got I've got a uh, I've got a yeah, sickle. I saw, I saw the logo. It looks it looks good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good. sickle slicing the Washington Monument in half. Um, yeah. I'm not much of a not much of a graphic designer, but I I I gave it a shot for these shirts, and I I'm pretty happy with how it came out. Obviously, we probably could have paid someone to do a lot better. Um, but uh, I think these will suffice for uh, for a t-shirt. And plus, I kind of like the look of, um, you know, not too clean uh, and tidy. You know, it's a little it's a little DIY. It looks like something that someone will find in a thrift shop uh, 30 <laughs> years from now. Yeah. And be- think, damn, this is uh, what the hell is this? <laughs> we- uh, but it's cool. I like it. Yeah, we can we can only hope. Um, so Sam, uh, where were you this weekend when you heard the news? <laughs> God. Uh, I was eating dinner. Yeah. What about you? I was scrolling. I was on the timeline, so I saw it immediately. Oh. I was, uh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to be there. Yeah, I was there. I was actually in the middle of doing a tweet thread about how, um, how it's weird that like Jupiter is just out there existing in space. And uh, <laughs> then I see uh, RBG dead. And I was like, ah, I'm just going to keep thinking about Jupiter here. <laughs> I don't want to even concern myself tonight with all this stuff. I, w- I was a little pissed because the next morning, uh, I, like you and many other people, uh, was watching Premier League soccer. And we had some absolute goal fests. Yeah. And then no one on the timeline was talking about them because everyone was talking about RBG. Yeah, and fighting with me. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I want to... Can we focus on this on this 5-2 thriller between Everton and West Brom? <laughs> uh, well, that was, that was at least one thing you got right this weekend. <laughs> the one thing I got right this week. All right, let's get... To the meat of the show, it's Monday, September 21st, 2020. Here's the news. President Trump 
affirmed today that he will move quickly to fill the Supreme Court vacancy left by Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who died Friday night at 87 due to complications from cancer, several years after she should have retired when Democrats controlled both the White House and the Senate, at a time when she was in her 80s and already had cancer twice, for fuck's sake. Speaking today, Trump said he would seek to nominate a replacement as soon as Friday or Saturday, and that the current situation is not at all like the situation four years ago, when Mitch McConnell stopped President Obama from filling the seat left by Antonin Scalia's sudden death. Trump said, quote, when you have the Senate, when you have the votes, you can sort of do what you want. The president also said he would look to fill RBG's seat with a woman, raising speculation that he's going to nominate Amy Coney Barrett, a federal appellate judge who is a hardline conservative anti-abortion protege of Scalia and a one-time member of the Federalist Society. Despite the president's claims that they have the votes, it isn't actually clear that they do. Senators Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski have already come out to say that they don't support taking up a Supreme Court nomination before the election. Collins went a step further, saying that the vacancy should be filled by the winner of November's presidential vote. Democrats only need two more defectors to at least get a breather until after the election, and several Senate Republicans are in close races, so maybe it'll happen. Trump filling RBG's seat is not yet a done deal, despite 2020 being fully jokerfied. Black pill dipshittery doesn't always make for great analysis, so you know what? No, it's not too cringe to call up Cory Gardner's office and pressure him on this if you live in Colorado. If you live outside of Colorado, uh, probably don't do it, though. In a similar vein, Democrats are already ceding ground in this fight, but haven't yet pre-capitulated like they normally do. On the seating front, Chuck Schumer is reluctant to slow down the Senate schedule and isn't in favor of even threatening to pack the Supreme Court. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said she would not use the impending threat of a government shutdown to try to influence the RBG replacement process something that uh, Republicans definitely would not hesitate to do. Recall that Congress needs to pass a bill funding the government by the end of the month, nine days from now. But the House could impeach President Trump or his top underlings to force the Senate to hold a trial on the charges to stop the nomination process and, quite frankly, whatever else is going on in the Senate. Here was Pelosi being asked about that on ABC News by George Stephanopoulos. What can you do then? Some have mentioned the possibility if they try to push through a nominee in a lame duck session that that you in the House could move to impeach President, President Trump or Attorney General Barr as a way of stalling and preventing the Senate from acting on this nomination. Well, we have our options. We have arrows in our quiver that I'm not about to discuss right now. I don't want to give Pelosi any credit here, considering she'll probably backtrack on this by the end of the week. But it would be pretty funny to see the House impeaching cabinet official after cabinet official just to wreck the Senate's schedule. Anyway, more on this in the coming days and in the coming weeks, and possibly until the heat death of the universe. Pelosi walking around talking about all the arrows she has in her quiver. (laughs) She's not going (laughs) to shoot a single one of them. Anarchists have apparently seized land and power in major American cities now. According to the Department of Justice, 
The DOJ on Monday announced that it is classifying a couple American cities as anarchist jurisdictions and moving to restrict federal funding to them. The DOJ claims that New York City, Portland, and Seattle have, quote, permitted violence and destruction of property to persist and have refused to undertake reasonable measures to counteract criminal activities, end quote. The designation stems from an executive order signed earlier this month by President Trump calling for reviews of funding to state and local governments. In a statement, Attorney General William Barr claimed, quote, we cannot allow federal tax dollars to be wasted when the safety of the citizenry hangs in the balance. He went on to accuse the cities of impeding their own law enforcement from doing their jobs, which is a really bizarre claim, according to me and anyone else who has been watching the protests of the last few months and seen a completely unrestrained police force rioting in the streets. I mean, if Barr thinks the NYPD has been impeded during all this, I'd hate to see how the cops act if they were given free reign. Probably similar to Chile in 1973. The DOJ is taking these actions to subvert any sort of local control of police. The announcement notes how New York City cut $1 billion from the NYPD's proposed 2021 budget, even though it actually didn't. The $1 billion number was based on budgetary gimmicks and fuzzy math. Uh, No activists were pleased with that decision. Uh, Some of the cuts were just part of proposed increases. Still, though, it's enough for the DOJ to call New York City an anarchist jurisdiction. The DOJ also cited the city of Portland, deciding on a meager 15% cut to its police budget as justification that the city is now under anarchist control. When it comes to Seattle, the feds mentioned the now-raised CHAZ, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, as the reason for the designation alongside the state government's rejection of federal troop involvement. Now that these cities have been deemed anarchist jurisdictions, which makes them sound a hell of a lot cooler than they actually are, the Office of Management and Budget will release a guidance within 30 days specifying what sort of federal assistance should be restricted. New York City was projecting more than $7 billion in DOJ grants for the new fiscal year. The Trump administration is attempting to ratchet up economic warfare against Iran. Today, several cabinet officials, including Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin, announced stronger sanctions against Tehran, or at least they think they're stronger sanctions. U.S. officials say the penalties can be imposed as part of a U.N. framework, but that fell apart when the Trump administration sabotaged President Obama's nuclear deal with Iran. Pompeo was asked today about how this new sanctions regime isn't going to be recognized by anyone, not even U.S. allies in Western Europe, including Germany, France, and the U.K. Not even the lowly bootlicking British want in on this. Here was Pompeo's response. Uh, The country that's isolated today is not the United States, but rather Iran. If you call the press to unveil sanctions to isolate a country, and then you have to answer a question about who is actually isolated, you may have fucked up. That being said, don't overlook Western Europe's tendency to lick the boots of the U.S. government, especially when considering that the Trump administration is tying these penalties to regime change efforts in Venezuela, something supported by Washington's lapdogs in Europe. We're also sanctioning the previous president of Venezuela, Nicolas Maduro, 
For nearly two years, corrupt officials in Tehran have worked with the illegitimate regime in Venezuela to flout the UN arms embargo. Like the isolation claim, if you call the current president the former president, you just look a little silly, especially when the guy you call the current president gets shouted down and publicly owned wherever he goes. Finally, the Government Accountability Office is out with its latest report on the federal response to the COVID pandemic. A couple of startling finds. For one, the response is still, still plagued by shortages of key mitigation equipment, from PPE to testing kits. As the report details, quote, seven of the eight states GAO interviewed in July and August 2020 identified previous or ongoing shortages of testing supplies, including swabs, regents, tubes, pipettes, and transport media. GAO blamed the shortage on ongoing, limited domestic production capabilities, and high global demand. The oversight agency recommended that the Department of Health and Human Services and FEMA work on addressing supply chain issues. GAO also noticed gaps in COVID-19 data, including missing data related to racial and ethnic minorities contracting the virus, and the extent of the viral outbreak in nursing homes. HHS did not require nursing homes to turn over data related to the pandemic from before May 8, 2020, well into the pandemic, and that missing data prevents health agencies from fully understanding how the virus ravaged nursing homes at the onset. Today, New York City schools opened, but the GAO noted that the federal government has so far released inconsistent data about how to ensure safety at school during the pandemic. I'm just going to read from the report here, quote, portions of CDC's guidance on reopening K-12 schools are inconsistent, and some federal guidance appears misaligned with CDC's risk-based approach on school operating status. Really sounds like these people don't have their shit together at all. And their clueless bumbling would be kind of funny if people weren't actually dying by the hundreds of thousands. The federal efforts to address the economic hardships related to the pandemic, GAO found even more problems. Remember those one-time $1,200 checks? Well, according to the report, over 8 million people who were eligible to receive one didn't get one because of flawed IRS and Treasury Department data. Treasury Department claimed it is working on notifying people. However, GAO noted that that outreach will be tough given that inadequate data. In a, new, in a newly released audio recording between President Trump and Bob Woodward, the author and journalist from back in July, Trump is asked what grade he'd give his administration on the coronavirus response. And Trump replied, an A. He'd give himself an A. Although he did say that that grade was incomplete because if they end up coming up with a vaccine soon, then it will be an A+. The number of Americans killed by coronavirus thus far stands at roughly 200,000, by far the highest in the world. And over the last week, the daily new infection rate has been once again climbing. And that music means that the newscast is over and it's time to move on to the poetry portion of the show where we read haiku for all our new subscribers over at patreon.com slash district sentinel. This first one goes out to Matthew. Earbuds stuck in ear, now floating toward the brain in 
cranial fluid. Thank you, Matthew. Now, this is for Jason. Here's the big idea. Billion Americans. Smash for Maddie Y. Thank you, Jason, and thanks to all the new subscribers. Again, that's patreon.com slash district sentinel. That'll do it for the newscast today. Thank you for listening. We will be back tomorrow with a brand new newscast. We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be.